The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. This podcast is brought to you in part by the Pop Insider. The Pop Insider has all the latest in news, merch reviews, and other geeky goodness. Whether you're a wizard, a Sith Lord, or a superhero, fuel your fandom at thepopinsider.com. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Microphones and headphones provided by CAD Audio. CAD Audio, expression through innovation. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to task him. Sound thinking. To another episode of Wookie Radio, it is the Smugglers Three, Ken, Derek, and myself, Mike. And hey, guys, we got a girl on the show tonight. Oh wait, that, that's nothing. We're all married, so no big deal. Um, actually, joining us, we have one half of Forces of Entertainment podcast. Force and of Light Entertainment. Force of Light Entertainment podcast slash YouTube channel. And that voice you just heard is Michelle. How's everyone doing? I'm doing good. Yeah. Uh, excited to be here. So thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on with us. Yeah. Excited to. And, and guys, hey, this is episode 200. Wow. We're old. <laughs> we are old. <laughs> and tomorrow I'm going to be even older. That's right. Tomorrow's your birthday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday, Derek. Thanks. Which by well, the time this airs about two hours. A little <laughs> over two hours. And after this episode airs, it would be a couple of days ago was his birthday. But <laughs> yeah. as we're recording, tomorrow's his birthday. Well, so. happy birthday and happy anniversary. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Well, I mean, I guess it's not technically an anniversary, but it's a big milestone. It, yeah. It is a big milestone. Uh our show anniversary though. What do they call it? An epiversary or something like that? There we go. An epiversary. Like <laughs> now the anniversary of our first episode is July twenty fifth. Okay. Oh wow. Yeah, it'll be uh four years this year. Wow. Yeah. So um check out the homepage, WookieRadio.net, uh right hand side of page check out uh our affiliates like biddy boomers um heroes villains superhero stuff with their hero boxes uh it's a great little box um also to check out our web stores t public and our normal web store where you get all types of shirts hats 
masks, hockey jerseys, baseball jerseys, uh, hoodies, sweatshirts, etc. Um, so yeah, check all that out. And oh, did you see the um, the couple new things they put up on Heroes and Villains? No, there is some. They have a whole set of Bad Batch gear now. Oh yes, yes, yes. I did see and that. The new wallets are amazing. The man, I want that Mandalorian wallet. They have the magnetic money clip wallets. Yeah, I I still want to get the uh, for the days that I don't want to take the full backpack to the park. I want I want to get that uh, Star Destroyer Stormtrooper sling bag. Yeah. Well, I was looking at the hats. The Bad Batch um, logo is amazing. It's just like the skull with the um, two little block numbers underneath. Yeah, the 99. Like, yeah, the 99. It, and it you can't really tell it's Star Wars. I like when they do Star Wars where if you know what it is, it's awesome. It kind of makes you feel like you're part of the club. Other than that, it just looks like a cool little logo. Yeah, yeah. So, and um, while we're at it, Michelle, why don't you tell everyone where they can find force of light entertainment online yes yeah you can find us well first you can find us any place uh podcasts are where all places they are but then also on our youtube channel because we've started doing a lot more just exclusively youtube channel shorter videos and reviews uh so you can find us at force of light entertainment on youtube and you can also find us at force of light entertainment on twitter and instagram and we are also on the red five network.com just like us. Yes. Now, y'all are Gold Squadron? Yes, we're Gold Squadron. So, second wave. Yes. We are We are third wave. We are one of the first two in Blue Squadron. Okay. And, yeah. And, and I say our call sign is Blue by you. <laughs> just, just like this joke, we blow right by you. <laughs> um, now, uh, before we get any further... Time for a little smuggler's feud. Derek, one of these times you will forget. (laughs) (laughs) I will what? No, Mike will forget, hopefully, at one point. Uh, uh, I I even pre-planned earlier for this tonight and accidentally drew four cards. Ah. But I have three cards available. Even better. Hey, if you're good, maybe we'll do a bonus. Um. I have four cards or three cards in front of us, in front of me. And yeah, we're not doing an extra one because you can't even do one right now. No, I can't. <laughs> and basically how the game's played, uh, for those who don't know, if you're a first-time listener, uh, it is based on the game Star Wars Family Feud. But instead of Family Feud style where one side goes until they get three strikes and then the other side steals, we go back and forth and... First, first one, two, three strikes loses unless both team or both podcasts or creators, because we've had not just podcasters, but we've had bloggers as well. Um, first, unless both create sets of creators strike out in the same round, then it's whoever had the highest score or highest ranked answer. Same thing if we clear the card, which has only happened twice. So, Michelle, since you are the our guest, pick a card, one, two, or three. Let's go with three. Second week in a row that number three has been picked. Okay. This one, I will tell you right now, think like a Star Wars fan. Wow, this is the one card in this entire game that's like that. <laughs> name I a, think it might be the second. Name a Star Wars character who is in the prequel movies. Really? Oh. <laughs> 
<laughs> How many answers? That's it. <laughs> Eight answers on the board. Am I going? And Michelle yeah, starts first. first. So I just start naming eight people from the prequel movies. Well, just uh, give one. Just Whoever give one. Think, who would, do you think would be the number one that people would choose? Do you know what's sad of who came to my mind is Jar Jar Binks? <laughs> <laughs> you know it's on there. It's up there. Is that your answer? Uh, sure. We'll go. Uh, what is the question again? I thought I'm just naming someone. Name a Star yeah. Wars character who is in the prequel movies. Oh, okay. Well, I'll go with I'll go with Jar Jar Binks. Number one answer. Uh, so Wookie Radio. Obi Wan Kenobi. Number four. Back to Michelle. Oh, okay. It, sorry, I, I was confused on the game. We'll go with Mace Windu. <laughs> no, believe it or not, he didn't make the top eight. I guess. No. Nope. Yeah, the way they do this was supposedly it's they uh, poll a bunch of people. And then whoever, whatever the top choices from that poll were, that's, way it's sure they do. that's probably not the way they do this. That's the way they did original Family Feud. Gotcha. Okay. They, they probably, okay. See now, now I know the rules, well. guys. I'm ready yeah. to go now. Okay. Okay. So what do you got, Derek? What's your next one? Uh, who were the Derek? answers we had uh, already? Jar Jar Binks uh, and Obi Wan Kenobi. Gotta go with Anakin then, right? Number two. Do I get to go? Yes, yep. ma'am. That's, that's okay. Sad that he I'm, came after. I'm going to go with with uh, with Padme. Number five. Let's go with Darth Maul. Wow! Wow! Back to Michelle. Well, we both have a strike then. <laughs> I'm going to go with Yoda. Number three. Back to Wookie Radio. All right. Let's try. See, now this is when it gets harder. Yeah. When there's because some of the some of the automatics aren't on there. Yeah. Like, Maul, you think, would be on there because he's a pretty popular character. Maybe um, uh, Senator Pop, but maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, I was also thinking maybe Darth Sidious, but maybe not. This is the type of question that that would be two separate answers, actually. That's what I was thinking, but I don't know if I, I – I'm worried since, like, they don't have, like, Mace Windu and stuff. I'm worried they might and they, they might not have it, and they don't have Darth Maul. Uh, let's go on. With... But it's also only yeah. one of the movies. Yeah, let's go with Qui-Gon, I guess. Mm. Ah. Back to Michelle. I'm going to go with Palpatine. Mm. My gosh. Ow. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, Pressure, in that they... Pressure's oh. on. R2-D2. Number eight. C-3PO. Huh. Number seven. We got, what, two left now? One left. I was going to... One left. One left. C-3PO. Oh, oh boy, one left. Okay. Uh, well, let's. Um, Count Dooku? That's the only major, major character mm-hmm. I think that was in multiple movies that we've not gone through yet. Oh, well, there's one other. Because Django and Boba's are in there, but they weren't huge. I mean, Django had a decent part, but. I was also thinking General Grievous. I think we get we get Count Dooku over Grievous. But then again, Grievous may be a more memorable character for the mainstream peoples. True. Um,. I don't care. We can go either way. It's fine with me. Let's try Dooku. Mm. Yep, it's the other one. So close to running the card. Number seven. Well, I don't know. Wait, how many, how many answers or how many strikes? Is that three for both of us? That's three for you guys. Yeah. So Michelle wins. So she's still good. Yeah, but she can. We can still run the card if she gets it right. But the round's game's over. Y'all got three strikes. Michelle wins. Says who? I like it. Says me. <laughs> <laughs> guy who's making up the rules as he goes. No, it's always been like this. Uh, uh, was this last one? Last one was General Grievous. 
Yep. Ah. Shot on that, Derek. Wow. So was was uh, Palpatine slash Sidious not on there at all? No. Nope. No. Oh wow. Not at all. That's crazy. So they wait. Was General Grievous the only the only bad guy? Um. Unless, unless you look at Anakin. Yeah, it depends. He finishes as a bad guy. I mean, he he's but no, he, he starts as a little kid. Yeah. We said bad guy, not bad actors. And the actors weren't bad. It was bad scripts. So. Well, yes and no. I think it was also bad directing a little. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was more directing because the I think um, the scripts with a little bit of work, the story was was great. I mean, Hayden Christensen's pretty decent, but I mean, jumpers didn't help either. Yeah. I mean, it's just like with Jake Lloyd. I mean, Jake Lloyd had Jingle All the Way and then went right into Phantom Menace. Well, neither one really helped him since the movies weren't really involving him. They were involving other things. So, but Force of Light Entertainment, tell us a little bit about the show and how you got started. Yes. Um, well, we started, I am a minister and I was starting a Christian podcast. So I'd already bought the mic and I've always loved talking movies. I always talk my sister's head off about movies. And, and I particularly love Star Wars and, you know, DC, those type of things, too. So I was just like, why don't we just start? Uh, why don't we start an entertainment podcast? Right, we already talk about movies anyways. Let's just go ahead and start it. So that's how we started. And we have now been we actually just celebrated our year anniversary of being a podcast. Oh, congrats. Um, thank you. Yes. Yeah, it was just the beginning of February. And it's been a great experience getting to meet people, even like you tonight. Uh, just getting to meet so many awesome people. I've really enjoyed it. And then once we got on YouTube, we it was a whole new world even from there. So it's it's been exciting and a lot of fun. Okay. Cool. You're actually um one of the first podcasts I ever listened to to get when I first got into podcasting is hosted by a minister also. That's um Geek Out Loud. And um Steve Glosson, who's the host there, is actually a pastor down in Georgia. <laughs> I don't think I've ever I I need to check their podcast out. I don't think I've yeah, ever listened to them. It's a rock and roll podcast, rock out loud and heavy on the eighties rock. <laughs> uh, hey, I like some eighties rock, so yeah. My daughter has no problems telling the kids in her class that today's music sucks, that the best music is from the eighties. <laughs> I'm like, Yep, done my job right. But that Mike, then you gotta check out Rock Sugar. You know who Jess Harnell is, the yeah. voice actor. Yeah. It's his band and it's all mashups. It's um like the first song one of the first songs they put out back in back in like twenty eleven was um uh Don't Stop the Sandman. And it was Enter Sandman and um Journeys Don't Stop Believing. Okay. Up together. What? So, Kickstarter yeah. and was coming out that they ju- that should be coming out next month from the Kickstarter, but that may be the only way you can get it. So when I get some copies, when I get my copy, my digital copies of both albums, I'll have to send them to you, Mike, so you can check them out. These guys are amazing. Or check them out on YouTube. They're all over YouTube. Yeah. I, I think I've seen a lot of their uh, mashups. But it kind of fits because I think Jess Arnell's done some Star Wars work too. I believe he has. I believe he has. So what are what are some of the things that you guys talk about on the show? We um we cover a lot of different things. You know, we, we kind of started in an interesting year because right when we started, we started right at the beginning of February. So I believe we the like the only new movie we reviewed before COVID was Birds of Prey. And then COVID hit and everything was shut down. So we had to get very creative because we originally set out to be podcasts that, you know, did were uh, discuss new movies, uh, TV shows if we were into them, um, things like that. 
So with everything being shut down, we had to get creative and, and really just begin to go back into things we liked and things like that and talk about different things in entertainment. But uh, now it's it's nice. We're finally getting some new movies uh, to review and TV shows uh, like like, say, on our YouTube channel. Uh, every week, we every Friday, we upload our WandaVision reaction, discussing that or in that latest episode. And uh, we did that all for, for Mandalorian as it was coming out. Uh, and then just any movie, like we did The Little Things with Denzel Washington recently. But then another big podcast thing we've been doing, we started our first watch series of things. We, we've gone back and dug up big movies that somehow like either both of us in the case of the ones we've watched thus far, both of us haven't watched, but eventually we'll move to ones. Maybe I've watched, but Natalie has it or vice versa where we just, we get to discuss things like we just recently did. uh, Our last one was aliens. I'd never seen aliens. Uh And that was just so much fun. Like I immediately, both of us love that movie and like are diehard Ripley fans now. Um, but it was it's just fun now. People seem to enjoy it, uh, you know, listening to people with things that they've loved for years, discover them for the very first time. So we've been enjoying that recently. OK, I have an interesting suggestion for that one for you guys to try out. Have you have either of you seen The Adventures of Buckaroo Banzai? No, <laughs> uh, I've never heard of it either. So. It's very much uh, um, like the 30s or 20s and 30s pulp novels and pulp adventures. It's that type of movie. OK, this guy is a um, brain surgeon, a rock star, a test pilot, an astrophysicist, and all of his crew around him is filled with all the, um, the smartest guys he could find to be his Hong Kong Cavaliers. And they travel around to this giant double-decker bus, and it's great. <laughs> it's Peter Weller, um, and a but and like uh, who else? Jeff Goldblum's in there. Uh, John Lithgow's in there. It's all a bunch of guys out of the '80s. You're like, holy moly, everybody's in this. <laughs> oh my god, I don't even think I've even heard of it. A lot oh, of people wow. haven't. <laughs> Most people. Yeah, I think it's, I think, uh, I think after we niche. do Alien Three or whatever it's called, I don't know if it's Alien Three or what name it has. Uh, it, it, it's it's Alien. I think it is Alien. No, yeah, I think Alien Three. Then they had Re- Alien Resurrection or something was the fourth one. Okay, I, I hear they keep getting worse from after Aliens. Oh yes, Alien. <laughs> oh yes, Alien Three was horrible. Well, I'm trying no, to decide if no. we should review it, and we may. Alien I mean, 3. maybe we should. I mean, then we could just okay, have fun. I I won't say horror. I Alien mean, to me, three, w- Alien Three was decent. Um, I had a few issues with it, but overall, it wasn't that bad. Um, and then, That's, yeah, I thought Alien I thought Resurre- I thought Resurrection was a great redemption because I I what I enjoyed Resurrection. See, the problem is Resurrection's horrible. Just like Predator, the more alien movies and Predator movies you get, the more they get into trying to fill in backstory for the aliens or for the Predators. Instead of just being a movie with aliens and Predators attacking worse, people. yeah. <laughs> yeah. When, they, when they do just the aliens attacking people, it's an awesome show. Do you know, I've never even seen, yeah. eventually we'll do, I've never watched Predator. Neither one of us have. So eventually we'll do that. That's the, the first Predator was, I mean, yeah. depending on your feelings about Arnold Schwarzenegger, but it was an amazing, it was yeah. an amazing 80s action sci-fi movie. Yes. I, I like some Arnold, so I, I think I'll enjoy it. I think you will. <laughs> Predator 2 I mean, is pretty, pretty proud of it, even though you've never seen it. <laughs> <laughs> See, I thought Predator 2 was pretty good. It was okay. 
Is it Arnold and Predator 2? No, no, it's uh, Danny Glover. Danny Glover. That's a big change. <laughs> yes, and it's also Predator. The first Predator was in the jungle, and the second Predator was in a city. So... Hmm. It's uh, it's definitely a a big change. And then you had Aliens versus Predator. Ugh. Yeah, that that sounds Ugh. interesting. Started. Which they they tried to, they tried to they tried to honor the comic book, and they just some of it was good, good chunk of it was not. But yeah, and, and didn't honor the comic book I read. No, I mean, oh, the, so these were comics. Alien versus Predator no. was. Okay. They were based on the original. Then they, then they made a move. They made two movies, which were both bad. Well, the second one was really bad. I mean, I like the i I love the 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 novelty of okay. Here's an exploration team going into a temple, and I'll just leave it there. Yeah, the premise of it was I, it, I was, it just went in a really weird direction with it. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't think it should have taken place on Earth. No, not to start. Maybe eventually work its way to Earth, but not start here. Maybe, yeah. Because in the comics, they they were Marines were checking out a, a whole different planet. Yeah, yeah. And they came across them. Yeah, and that's what you know. The the comic was really good. Now, if you're taking movie requests, I got a classic out of the '80s for you. Oh, Which one? oh boy, Howard the Duck. Do you know I've actually never seen Howard the Duck? I don't think Most Natalie people- has either. I would recommend keeping that streak going. <laughs> hey, I that's actually Luke, that's that movie. Lucas's film, right? It is yeah. a George yes. Lucas film. Yeah. Well, he produced it. I think I don't think he directed it. I don't know. No, he directed it. Mike, tell her what your daughter said about Howard the Duck. Oh, she loved it. As <laughs> I <know>. lie, <laughs> she said George Lucas made a better film with Star Wars than he did with Howard the Duck. <laughs> that's not hard to say. <laughs> But she, yeah, te- that, but, she tells, but she tells me this on Father's Day as we're wa- after we got done watching it. <laughs> that That's where I felt like I failed. Well, I mean, <laughs> she gave it a try. So. Oh, yeah. Hey, I asked if she were asked if she would watch it again. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go back and revisit it once every five to ten years. It's it's a good movie as long as you watch it every five to ten years. You can't watch it more often than that. It just doesn't work. <laughs> Howard the Duck. I, yeah. It's, it, for the nostalgia, it's worth it. It's one of those I watch at least once a year. Well, we may have to check Howard the Duck out. It's mm-hmm. one I haven't watched in many, many. Do you know? Many, do you know another many, one that many years? Another one that we haven't watched that we're going to watch. Believe it or not, is Avatar. I've never seen Avatar. Oh, that big the, James Cameron movie. The live action Fern Gully. <laughs> Visually, it looks it's great. A, Visually, it it's looks a great. It's a pretty movie. It sure is pretty. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's one the of those. Story it's, is very, it's a really pretty movie. <laughs> yeah. They, they made. The story is complete, complete cookie cutter. They, they made yeah. the land in at Animal Kingdom look pretty. I hear that. <laughs> that's about it. It's a very predictable. <laughs> story is the problem. It's a story that's been told 7,000 times. They don't even try to hide what it is they're saying. Well, it, 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 was, it was a political yeah. statement that would have been valid if the movie came out when it was originally supposed to came out, come out, not three to five years later. When, they waited when the, 15 years without the next one. Yeah, but you know, not three to five years later when the political, political statement... 
What political statement? Choose your own adventure? That's about all it was. No, it was the whole... Um, Wiping out the rainforest and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, for natural... You know, the... Big ecology... Or, uh, yeah, ecology movie. And protecting the planet. Or at least I mean, that was, was the intention. As, as, as long as it looks <laughs> past that, it was a fun movie. <laughs> but don't try to look too deep into it because it just you end up in a rabbit hole. Yeah. Why do people love it so much? Because it is. I honestly don't know. Movie. <laughs> it's it's really yeah, pretty. They just really, really get into the characters and At stuff the like time, that. it was. Yeah, it was really. It was all cool looking and everything. And also, I believe but, first movie that um, basically opened up the new 3D technology. Yeah. One or two other movies released in 3D, but this was created for the 3D technology for studio for um, theaters. Okay. This movie looks to- like a totally different thing if you actually saw it in 3D. But the problem was they focused so much on the visuals and didn't bother doing, you know, trying to do an original story or anything. Well, here's a brief history. I'll try to be as brief as possible. Avatar was started development. Development for it started in 1984 when Cameron wrote an 80 page treatment for the film. It was supposed to take place, or filming was supposed to take place upon completion of 1997's Titanic for a planned 1999 release. Mm-mm. I wonder what he's planning to do because they didn't have the visuals back then. They didn't have, that, that wasn't as good. That's what led him to archive the vision of the film, uh, allowed him to work on the language of the film's. Um, Films natives uh, began in 2005, and Cameron began developing the screenplay in the fictional universe in 2006. Avatar was released um, in 2009, in December of 2009, um, and was made extensive use of the new motion capture filming techniques and was released for traditional viewing, 3D viewing, including real 3D Real D 3D, Dolby 3D, Expand 3D, and IMAX 3D formats, and for some 4D experiences in South Korea. So, 10 years to, or 15 years to go from development to actual release. And that was the best story he could come up with. (laughs) And and it was 10 years post. Now, Avatar 2 was supposed to release this year after he pushed it back six years. But this latest pushback was because of Disney, because of the pandemic. So it's slated for December yeah, of next year. Two and three are both um, ready to go. Yeah, they were they were filming those. They actually doing the physical filming of it three or four or five years ago. Yeah. Is well, anyone now, like is anyone clamoring for Avatar 2 and 3? There is uh, Disney, Disney was because it was supposed to be released in 2016. Hence, why the the um, you know Pandora opened at Animal Kingdom in 2017 because it was supposed to coincide with the movie release. Well, Pandora opened before, and we're still waiting on the movie. Yeah, so it's it an was, awesome, beautiful world in the in the movie. It's just the story itself is real thin. Yeah, yeah. and the, the characters are real thin and. Um, now let, this is, by the way, this is a great Star Wars podcast we're doing, right? Michelle's opened up the door to what we do because all of us do regular geek podcasts also. Yeah. Yeah. And we, and this we all. Listen to Weeby Geeks or to Geek Podcasts. 
Um, so before we get back on the Star Wars train, I just want to ask you guys all one question. Uh, who is interested or planning on watching the Snyder Cut? Me. <laughs> I am. I'm a decent comics freak, now, so I'm going to be there. I don't like Zach now, or um, Sister, but... Now, my second question is, why are you planning on watching it? Are you planning on watching it because you actually want to see it? Or are you planning, like me, you just want to see what it's going to be? Or... I'm almost... There's been... Huh? I'm almost afraid to see it. I kind of am too. I mean, I'm still going to watch it. For me, you could... um, The theatrical release of Batman v Superman had a similar problem from what I saw. Was that you could see the original version in the theaters and no, wait, this this isn't all here. You could tell there was stuff missing. And then when you got the extended Mm. cut, it actually made that movie better, in my opinion. It added a half hour worth of extra I haven't watched extended cut. The extended cut actually, um, it fills in a lot of the story gaps that they ended up cutting out to make it a shorter movie. And um, if you watch Justice League, you can get that similar feel. The original cut of Justice League feels like there's stuff missing. This is not the whole movie. Well, there definitely so now, is. But and um, seeing them bring in Dark Side, bring it. If you watch the trailer that just released this week, you mm-hmm. it looks a totally different film. Oh, the parts it, that they had in the original movie make it a totally different. It's like the difference between um, Highlander two. And then Highlander 2 Renegade Cut or whatever they did, where they changed it up a little bit, where they went back and refixed it. Yeah, but the problem is I've never big... seen that one because I couldn't get past Highlander 2. <laughs> well, like I said, Highlander 2 you still was a terrible movie either way. But yeah. still director went back and recut it. It is better. <laughs> yeah, but the prob- problem is this is not going back and taking film that was left on the cutting room floor and – Filling in the gaps. That he Some of it tell. is. A lot of it is. Didn't, they didn't, no. did not do a lot of filming um, pickup shots and stuff. A lot of it was stuff that he already had that they had um, went a totally different direction. And they had John Sweden take over. But it doesn't It doesn't come across that way because with the money he's right, he asked yeah. for. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a lot of money just to edit back in. Well, and unless I'm mistaken... Uh, they, he had like recorded a ton. I mean, they had filmed a ton. And then when he left, Joss Whedon came in and recorded like all new stuff too. So, I mean, I think they, I mean, I think there was a decent amount we didn't see because they did their own thing way back then. Yeah. Mm. I think some of it was, um, we never actually got a reason why Zack Snyder stepped away. He, they claimed family stuff, and there was family stuff that he had dealing with that he had that stepped away for also. But I'm wondering if some of it is not also Warner Brothers saw what he was trying to do and said, wait a minute, we don't want to do all of this other stuff. We want just this part of the movie. And he's like, well, no, I, this is the movie I want to do. So eventually they couldn't come to terms, and he walked away. And they brought Joss Whedon in, and he basically made what Warner Brothers told him to make. Yeah. So they recut with what they had. Kind of, I think, kind of almost similar story to what they had with uh, Rogue One with Disney, except it, Rogue One actually worked. They brought in a director who actually knew what he was doing to do something like that. When they brought in Ron Howard, Ron Howard, what they had in um, with them and said, guys, let's sit down. This is the core story. Let's get that and make it a good movie. Whereas I think Joss Whedon made what the studio wanted them wanted to put out. You mean with Solo, not Rogue One? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Solo. Sorry. But it's <laughs> yeah, you confused me when you said Rogue One and then went to Ron Howard. <laughs> because, um, I mean, I'm not a fan of Zack Snyder at all, really. I did, for, not, yeah. He makes great stuff for his stuff. I don't think he makes great DC Universe stuff. Mm. 
Because for me personally, the DC universe, uh, Marvel is gritty street level in the way it's like that. A lot of times in the comic books, DC has always been more bright and hopeful unless you're in Gotham. Everywhere else is bright and hopeful. <laughs> but not not one of his movies you see a clear sunny day. Well, he treats them all like they're Batman, which they're exactly. not. It's like, no, <laughs> they're all different characters. Yeah. Do, you know what, do you know what's interesting with that, though? So I can get your opinion. Um, obviously I loved, I say obviously, but I, I did really love Wonder Woman mm-hmm. and the Wonder Woman that people prefer now is the first one, which is more Zack Snyder's vision of, in a way of Wonder Woman, where in the second one, they do give this very hopeful, bright Wonder Woman and it's been rejected. Do you think it was rejected more because it was bright and hopeful and it wasn't such the warrior side of Diana or just because of the plot holes that were in the story? I think it was uh, I, I think it was the plot holes. And also some of the other problems that people the social justice people are having with it. See, I, plenty of issues that people have had with it, which I don't want to get into, but I I feel I, I, I think I know what you're talking that, but, about. Well, I I feel too that um Patty Jenkins. Patty Jenkins was given more control over the first film and was left alone more. The, and Zach, and yeah. Zack Snyder, because of doing everything, what you know, getting the right in the high of winning the fans over his way for Justice League, took more control in Wonder Woman eighty four. Well, it's interesting because the first movie, um, it is. I didn't. That's most that at all. The day, if you watch that, it's the first movie. Until you get to the final battle, all of a sudden, it's in the dark. You're not allowed to have a big, ba- a big boss battle type thing in the daylight. <laughs> That's a. Yeah. That was definitely Zack Snyder. The rest of the movie really did it for me. Didn't feel like Zack Snyder movie until you got yeah. to that final battle with Ares. And I think, and really, they didn't even have to have Ares in that movie. They were telling a good. Yeah, story. I agree. I'm wondering yeah. if this and also that part at the end was. Because Warner Brothers has a long history of playing with the movies and, tell, and making the directors do what they want to do. Or what well, the you wants. know, Patty Jenkins did it right the first Wonder Woman. She came in at the last minute and just directed it. See, I thought she actually was yeah. involved in writing and stuff, too. No, she only got involved no, she in was... the writing in the second one. Oh, okay. Yeah. So maybe she, it could also become down to she's a better director than a writer. Yeah. There's people that, that are better. That, like um, like we've said, we started going back to Star Wars with the prequels. George Lucas is a phenomenal um, uh, story guy mm-hmm. and um, technical director. But when it comes to actually writing the scripts itself, the dialogue's clunky. The relationships work some but don't. The, the idea of the story is awesome. But in Empire and Jedi, he had other people come in to help write the, write the actual script itself. Right. And punch it up a little bit. In the original New Hope, he had someone helping him with the actual scripting. But um, in the directing, he's a great technical director. He's not a great actor director. <laughs> so yeah, like, so I think I think he would have like the prequels would have been better if he had a like another director with him. I mean, I love the stories of the prequels. I love the prequels the way they are now because I think they've aged very well compared to what people were hoping, were thinking that would happen. Right. They, they look better now looking back on them than when we first saw. But that's because we've had time to, and I think the sequel trilogy will get the same effect. It'll uh, give it 20 years and people are going to look see, back on it. I, I think do now. <laughs> I don't know. Because I think one of the things that helped the prequels was definitely, as I bumped the mic, <laughs> uh, was definitely the Clone Wars cartoon. I think that helped the yeah. prequels a lot. And, well, and uh, the prequels went out on a high because the third movie was by far yeah. the best of the of the three movies. 
I always I always True. say what yeah. the problem was when Lucas – when he did the original Star Wars and Empire and Jedi, he was an untested director that no one really trusted. So they the studios said – would give him contention and say, okay, you get this amount of money if we get this. And you get – you know what I'm saying? And so there were people – that's why he was checking it with his friends and everything else because he wasn't sure exactly how it was going to turn out. And that's why you had like Spielberg and all these other guys helping him out and just giving him ideas and things. Right. When you got to the prequels, all of a sudden he's got Lucas. He's got the monster that is Lucasfilm because back then Lucasfilm was this little itty bitty company in the great big pool of entertainment. When you get to the late '90s, Lucasfilm is a juggernaut. So he's on mm. top of this juggernaut as the only king and emperor of the juggernaut, and there is nobody that's going to tell George Lucas no or that hey George, wait, back this off and let's change this up a little bit. He had basically yes men all around him because that's just the amount of authority right. he had on so he did what he wanted to see and um he could have used a little bit of extra help but no one was willing no one was going to step up and do that because this is george lucas he made star wars mm-hmm. yeah that's kind of what they kind of say kind of went down with like even wonder woman and i actually if you listen to our review i actually enjoyed wonder woman 1984 because i love the character and to me it was strong enough in the characters that i mean him and her that i still enjoyed it a lot um but i recognize the flaws um, and I think it's kind of the same from what you've heard. It's like Patty got so much creative room to work and to be able to write, to do what she wanted that I think sometimes the friction she had in that first one with some of Snyder's people and things like that is a good thing sometimes when they have that. Just same with Lucas. Sometimes you need that friction. And right. I think for 84, they may have leaned a little bit too much into the 1980, into the tropes of the 80s. Yes. Yeah, I get what you're mm-hmm. saying. It feels like the 80s or it feels like what the um, what people today who didn't live through the 80s remember of the 80s. Yes. <laughs> Those of us who lived there, it wasn't as crazy as they um, thought as the kids mm-hmm. and people think now that are all no. nostalgic in 80s no it wasn't <laughs> so a lot of that was in there but it wasn't your everyday life and, and where was the 80s music yeah, uh, yeah there wasn't like any yeah i was disappointed no, but my only major uh, now problem- i will say the score for wonder woman 84 is fantastic but yeah they, they missed some opportunities with just pop music mm-hmm. mm. now my major problem with 80 wonder but woman that was a just small a, thing for me yeah it's just a sticking point for me is that um they leaned her power set for 1984 Leans way more into the modern Wonder Woman than what has traditionally been Wonder Woman. It's yeah, all it's definitely actually flying. She's using the lasso to lasso clouds and keep swinging and stuff. It's like they, they've leaned more into the demigod side of Wonder Woman than just the Amazon warrior. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, know, but she was until like the last 15, 20 years is when she's gotten they've powered her up enough. Because they wanted a um, a female Superman in the DC universe, basically, and that's what they've made her is the all as close as you can get to an equivalent of Superman. Yeah, but George, that's not what it was for right. tradition. Yeah, but George Perez was doing that though with his run. He he not helped in not not to that extreme, but he was introducing the demigod. Yeah, aspect. but they weren't with the power set of a demigod. They were saying, yeah, she's the daughter of Zeus and this stuff, but they weren't making her all powerful. At this point, she can do just about anything. Yeah. But but I am I am excited about the Snyder Cut just in the sense of one it's something new to watch mm-hmm. and review which I enjoy and then I actually where we actually soon are going to go over Batman v Superman and the we or yeah Joss Whedon Justice League I actually even though it's not like I'm in love with it I actually don't mind Batman v Superman it's not going to be my favorite take on Batman especially. 
but I actually just recently watched it, and I, there's a lot of things I do enjoy. Um, so, I'll, you know, I'm interested to see him continue that story and see what he did, because in my opinion, it can't get much worse than what we got. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll, see. <laughs> we'll see. Extended cut of Batman v Superman. What'd you what? say? Have you seen the extended cut of Batman v Superman? I have. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I actually, there's parts of it I, I quite enjoy. Again, I get why people don't like it, but I mm -hmm. think when you've had, you've had so many different versions of Batman, I think it was fine to do even an edgier, darker version for one time around. I don't know. It, you know what I'm saying? When, there, when you do it wasn't, so many yeah, but it versions, wasn't Batman that was the problem. Up. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like myself. I don't like Zack Snyder's vision of Superman himself, of the character of Superman. No. Because really, until you get to Justice League, in my opinion, you don't actually get Superman until you get to Justice League. Everything up to that point is that none of that felt like Superman at all. Yeah, but even even in Justice League, it didn't really. I mean, a, a little After bit, but not. Dead. <laughs> yeah. He's been but even then it was like like a, a well he's close but that's still not mm -hmm. quite superman see i'm one of the guys that i i actually didn't have major problems with superman returns i see there's problems there but still that felt like superman yeah i i didn't i liked uh, it better than man of <laughs> steel uh, that's for sure but did you guys uh did you guys hear about how um, Batman versus Superman influenced uh, the uh, Godzilla versus King Kong movie. No, no, they're gonna they're gonna both stop fighting when one of them mentions Mothra. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Although welcome to uh, Dad Joke World. Yeah, well, I'm talking <laughs> that was actually that was a meme I saw earlier. That's the first movie we're actually going to go back to the theater to see because Godzilla, first time you see any Godzilla movie, it's got to be on the big screen to do yeah. it right. It calls the same thing. Now, w while we are a Star Trek or Star Trek, a Star Wars <laughs> podcast, <laughs> woo! Um, deep into oh, that, that, that was a deep flub mm. there. Um, what, what was your first Star Wars movie that, that you saw in the theater or, or saw okay, in general? That I saw in the, the, first, I'll say there's not a time in my life that I can remember before Star Wars. <laughs> it's like always been a part of my life as far as what I can remember. Um, but Welcome so the first the movie, because because I was born in 89. So the first movie I would have seen in theaters was the new edition Lucas did of A New Hope. That came out in 97. Yeah. So that would have been it. And then, of course, I was, you know, I saw all three of them. And then I was pumped for Phantom Menace. You were born the year I graduated high school. <laughs> it's okay. Journal. Hey, I'm getting to the age. I'm just happy to have someone who's older than me. <laughs> well, you got three of us now. <laughs> so... What was the first Star Wars film you saw then before seeing the uh, the special editions? Gosh, I don't know, because it, it was just one of those things. I have a brother. Natalie's two years older than me and our brother. Uh, he's seven years older than me, five years older than her. So I would just come in and he would be playing it. So I just grew, literally grew up with it. So I literally, you know, I can't tell you when exactly which one I watched first, but I do remember you know, some Saturdays putting on with the VHS at the time, Star Wars and watching all three films in one day or 
going out on a Saturday morning, I could barely reach like where the VHS was and putting in a, a, a new hope. Like it just, so I have tons of memories. I just can't, can't tell you the exact time or what I watched first. Mike, it's like your daughter's stories about Star Wars. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, now, here's the thing I'm curious about. Um, so you said you were born in 89. Um, which is uh, not that long after Return of the Jedi came out. Uh, but you were still young then. So like the three of us old timers, uh, you know, we went through the, the the dark time when there was no real Star Wars. Was that ever like a big factor in your life or was or was the gap between different Star Wars uh, not that big of a deal? Not really, because, you know, because I was so young when I got it, when I started watching it, that as Mm -hmm. a, you know, as a little kid, you know, the way kids will just rewatch things over and over and over. Um, So it's like my brain didn't go there. I was just content to have these three movies and to have the lightsaber and the video games on Nintendo that I never could figure out even the first level, Um, you know, have all these different (laughs) things. And then they came out in 97 and then 90, you know, 99, the prequels began. So, you know, I was so young during that era that I didn't have to go through it. Now, I do yeah. remember my brother mm. read some of the um, the legend, I guess now legends uh, material. Yeah. But, yeah, I was just so young. It didn't hit me. But I, I will say I know it, it wasn't necessarily a long time, I guess, you know, seven years or so before between – uh, Re- or Return of the Sith and or Revenge of the Sith and uh, Divine Lucasfilm, but I will say this: that when Re- uh, Revenge of the Sith finished, it was kind of sad because it's like, well, that's it; like there'll never be any more. And then right. I I will always remember finding out Disney bought it and just being so ecstatic. Not because of Disney, but because I knew we were. They had announced at that moment we're getting more Star Wars and we're going to get uh, Han, Luke, and Leia, Chewie all on the screen again. And I, I mean, I just was so ecstatic at that announcement. Mm. Well, now, really, um, the dark time, like Derek, what you're saying, sitting here thinking about it, really, um, every time about the dark times of Star Wars, that's actually it was only about five years. Do you think? What yeah, was that's it? true. The line yeah. ended what eighty six, but you still ended up mm. with the Ewok movies and the Ewoks. Um, in oh yeah, eighty six. <laughs> but then right. it pre- pretty much died off of everywhere until it was only like ninety one. The Thrawn trilogy re-kicked it. It was in ninety two or ninety three when the first Power of the Force line hit, and all of a sudden mm. toys are back and Star Wars is back up and running again. So uh, yeah, by the time you would have been old enough to remember, to- yeah. toys were on the store shelves and it was moving again. Yeah, but that was. I mean, you had com- you had comics going on too, but yeah. it was still you weren't getting anything on screen. Yeah, right. but you got to think during that time, uh, the first re-re- major re-release of the um, VHSs. The, what was it? The THX was the first major re-release. That was ninety two, ninety three. Um. And pretty much we've had something new, a major um, major Star Wars release of some sort. Almost every year from '91 till now. From for Star. The other Wars, thing is because you had the, it, all it was, the '90s, all the um, VHS tapes, the re-releases of the all the um, toys. Even after Revenge of the Sith, um, the, it was only what two years later that the Clone Wars hits, and then we have Star Wars on screen from there to now. Mm. 
And then at the time, it was it wasn't you know you didn't know it wasn't like oh there's no more Star Wars what are we ever gonna do it was just like you know we we watched the, all three movies all three movies were done and hey they were great and we love Star Wars okay and yeah. that was it you know it wasn't like oh yeah. no there's a hole in my heart and if there was West End ha- Games had you covered or yeah. or Dark Horse Comics at the time. Exactly. As well, mm. like Michelle, like you were saying, um, especially through the nineties, um, video games. There was all kinds of Star Wars video games for Nintendo, for Super Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, all your PC consoles, and everything else. There were video, Star Wars video games everywhere. Yeah. Now, did you have a a favorite toy uh, that you that? That was Star Wars growing up. Well, I will say this: I well, I collected them all, and we actually in my the the town I'm in, we had like this really good. I guess it was like a comic toy store type thing. Yeah, and I would even go get old traditional Kenners, like the the like the OG Kenner toys that were he that were in like good condition, and buy those. And I, you know, I wasn't smart enough to keep them in the thing. I played with them. I was a kid. I just wanted to play with the toy. Um, I think I think I know that toy store in Chattanooga. That I mean, having been through that area a couple times as a kid, it was always we found it the first time. I'm like, we were there. I'm like, because I was eight or nine. I was like, gotta find a toy store, and we checked it out. My dad went because he uh, was had a model railroad, and it was right next to. I want to say at the time, it was right next to a model railroad shop, and. um and we just happened to go in, and then years later, uh, when we went back the second time, we went right back to that shop. And even when I went coming home from college, going from Virginia to Louisiana, and I took my car, I stopped then, and that was probably 91. I was still there. And yeah, that's a that's fun funny. that's a fun little shop. Well, and I would say the thing that I remember enjoying the most, I guess it just it just stands out of my mind uh, of a gift is it was like one of the Christmases. It would have been the probably mid 90s, maybe 95, 96. And my parents, they got me for Christmas Luke's X-Wing and it came with that and the and the Luke figure. And I was just flying it around the house like so ecstatic <laughs> with my Luke X-Wing. It's funny that was one of my first vehicles that I got as a kid as well. <laughs> it's a good one. Yeah. I also had Luke Speeder mm-hmm. and I really enjoyed that one too. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah Love the Speeder. And then I also had the original Death Star. Oh, wow. I never, I never had that. And then. I didn't have any of the big stuff. And then I had. Um, yeah, yeah. That was sweet. I had the, the white with black sticker TIE Fighter. The white trim TIE fighter. Oh, yeah. And I had... I had one of those. And I had Vader's TIE fighter. And then when they re-released the irreg- the regular TIE, it was the same coloring as Vader's. And I never got that one. Mm. I don't think we ever had that one. Yeah, my, my Star Wars toys as a kid, the, it was all the Kenner ones, but it, most of mine I, we got were already secondhand. My, another guy, a kid down the block, his mom was liquidating his supply. Oh, so wow. at the yard sale that summer, mom and dad got Christmas for me. I didn't care yeah. if they were used or not. I had an entire, the entire yeah. underside of the tree yeah. was mine. It was all Star Wars. Yeah. Wow. That's like I've told, you know, I've told these guys before, one Christmas, 
uh, we I came downstairs Christmas morning and Santa had gotten me uh, the Slave One and and it was on it was uh, on a on a nightstand table and it was surrounded by every character every toy from Empire Strikes Back every figure that they had released at that point. Wow! Yeah, that was one of my one of my best Christmases. Yeah, I don't think I ever got an entire wave of figures at Christmas. That was the only time. <laughs> I had a lot more G.I. Joe and um, He-Man than I did Star Wars. I had a lot of G.I. Joe. I love G.I. Joe. Yeah. I had some Transformers, but Transformers are expensive then and now. Yeah. 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 You know, my, they were my favorites, though. <laughs> my second favorite thing outside of Star Wars was Batman. I had multiple Batmobiles, all kinds of Batmans and Robins. That was my, my other thing. Well, the 90s were great for DC Comics toys, especially for Batman toys. Yeah. They were ever. Mm, yeah, because of. Uh, put out. Because of the films. Yeah. Well, just with DC Animation, they were kicking on all cylinders. They were the yes. uh, Bruce Timm universe with Batman the Animated Series, Superman the Animated Series, then um, kicking into the early 2000s with Justice League and Justice League Unlimited. Yeah. I uh, just saw that DC is going to be releasing a Batman 89 and a Superman 77, 78 the, uh, series. Yeah, for the comics. Last seven or eight years, they've been doing that every so often where they'll do the TV universe characters. They yeah. did a whole series of Wonder Woman um, from the, it was Linda Carter's Wonder Woman. Uh, they also oh, did yeah, a Batman yeah. 66. Yeah. Yeah. As well. Um, did you see the thing? The the thing? I don't know if it's a rumor or what, but they were somebody was talking about bringing doing a, a, a new version of the Batman the animated series, bringing that back. I've not seen that. I, I saw that. The comics are going right now. They've had for the last year or so. They've had a digital comic series, which was um, an extension of the um, Batman animated series universe, and they actually had an Azrael story arc. Um, mm. Trying to remember who else they brought in. I was all excited about seeing Azrael, but um, who else was in there? There was a couple of the other ones that um, there were characters that definitely could never make it on animated for kids or things like I said, like um, that. Uh, oh, they had um, Red Hood. Okay. So Jason Todd was actually in there. They did a little bit about the story because uh, they and they actually put it that Jason Todd's story happened between Tim or um, Dick Grayson that what their one summer remember when they changed Batman the animated series and all of a sudden it became the new Batman and Robin adventures and they switched to I think Cartoon Network right, or something. Yeah, yeah. They, and all of a sudden you had a new Robin and you had Nightwing. Well the I guess Jason Todd does fit in the middle of there. They just that's not a story you can put on kids um cartoons back in the nineties. Right. right. So oh. yeah, I can't imagine why. <laughs> now Michelle chance for you to flip the tables on us and ask us a question. Okay. What is your favorite franchise outside of Star Wars? Mm. Oh. Mine is easy. It's um but there's one fit up right against it, but um the mine would be DC Comics usually. I I, f- I felt like that was the case. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good one. That's probably my second favorite. Go ahead, Derek. Uh Yes, uh, I guess I'd have to go with Marvel. We got two comics. Do we have for for Mike? Do we have something that's outside of the comic realm? We do. Oh, outside comics too. Uh, <laughs> for me, it's uh, I love the Back to the Future franchise. Okay, yeah. Do you know? I just again, and now I wish I would have done a first watch. I just watched Back to the Future for the first time this past summer. Oh wow! Oh wow! Uh, 
See, I, I'm split between. And what, what did you think? Oh, I thought it was really good. See, I'm I'm actually split between Back to the Future and, Jura- and the Jurassic franchise. Oh yeah. So I'm kind of tied. I'm 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 also a huge Transformers fan, except for the movies. <laughs> Yeah. I accept these because if you um, if you watch check the cartoons, uh, everything after the original run went off the air. It's always been weird and strange every time they could bring something new back with a transformer. So the movies just fit right in with that. Hey, since yeah, they but at gave, least you could tell what they were. Since they gave their second pick, you go ahead and give your second pick. DC and what else? Oh, um, it probably 80s in general. So it was Transformers, GI Joe, uh, Thundercats, all of it. <laughs> Uh, Thundercats. Yeah, Joe was my uh, big one for a while, but it, it's like every year was different because cartoons only lasted a season, maybe two. So there was a time when I was big on Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters, and all those toys. Uh, tr- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Silverhawks, all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, Silverhawks. Remembers, you get a chance to go back and check out Robotech. Mostly, yes. mostly the um, TV series, but. Because um, Transformers kind of messed with them on that. Yeah. Hot Gold had bought Robotech from Japan, had it ready to go in America, had a full toy line ready to go. I think um, Ma- Matchbox or Mattel was making the toys. The, but the problem is that Robotech had these um, fighter jets. They had three forms. They're basically like a Transformer. They would uh, fighter jet. Then they had a Guardian mode, which had arms and legs coming out of the bottom like a bird of prey almost. Then they'd have Battleoid, which is a giant robot. Well, Transformers was well, multiple toy lines in Japan that were morphed together to become Transformers here. Mm-hmm. So Hasbro had all, had licensed the Veritech fighter jet from Robotech to be um, – what was his name? Jetfire. Um, jetfire, jetfire in America. So when Robotech came out, they didn't have their vehicle for the action figures because it was already a Transformer. So all of a sudden, the toy line was basically shot in the foot because all they had was action figures. That's it. Yeah, yeah. So going to ask – Favorite Star Wars movie? Um, oh, that's easy. Empire Strikes Back. Okay. Least favorite? Excellent choice. That's harder. <laughs> uh, it's probably probably my my least favorite movies. Hmm. Mm-hmm. It's between Clone Wars or Phantom Menace. Probably. I don't know. It's one of the two. But it's hard because Clone Wars keeps my attention more throughout most of the movie. But but it doesn't have the, the, the finest. Yeah yeah, Attack of the Clones. What what am I saying? Well, there was the Clone fine. Wars animated movie. Yeah, movie, there we which, go. Uh, yeah, really wasn't wasn't that. meant to well, be a movie. Yeah, it really wasn't Attack meant to be a movie. So Attack of the Clones keeps your attention more. Plus, you get older Anakin, which is cool, and stuff like that. Mm. But it doesn't have the great fight scene that Phantom Menace does. So it's really hard for me to pick my last spot. My bottom three, my bottom three would definitely be though uh, those, those two in the Last points. Jedi. Attack of the Clones for me. The only, oh, so you're I, one of those. Love story. The love story in it didn't work right for me. For just the way they, no. the way they didn't work right for me. It was rough. The other half I, of the movies. I, I don't. I don't. I don't. Phantom Menace. I don't like. I didn't want to see Anakin as a little kid. No. Do you know, I was saying that to my brother recently. I think one of the biggest mistakes outside of some of the lines that are used and, and needing another director is they should have just cast Hayden Christensen, if that's going to be your Anakin, and you have like a 13-year-old Anakin. Like make him the same age as Padme or a year younger, and then it, yes, then you don't yeah. have the awkwardness of two actors, and it's not the awkwardness of her being like five years older than him. 
So I think that just would have been cooler right. across the board. So you could do the exact same story, just right. cast him and keep him. Yeah. And I was always you're right about the fight, but ah, that was like that was one it's of the a best great fight. Yeah. That changes things a little. For me, I didn't I didn't mind young Anakin. I didn't like that it was there in general, but just for the way it worked for that story, I thought it was okay. I I just in general watching it, um, I, it could be the nostalgia of it because when I saw it, it was like all of a sudden it's like this is brand new Star Wars. This is amazing, and for me, the memory of the Phantom Menace goes with everything else that was going on in the world around it, with the release of a new Star Wars movie and how Star Wars was everywhere. You couldn't you couldn't go anywhere without Star Wars being something there. Right. Yeah, I think it would have even helped uh, Hayden Christensen because I feel like he does a lot better job and. Revenge of the Sith, and he does Attack of the Clones. So it's like maybe had he even been given mm-hmm. Phantom Menace, it would have been smoother the next two also. Yeah. 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 So what is coming up uh, on Forces of Light or Force of Light Entertainment? Let's see. Uh, I think we will we'll, we'll have our WandaVision reaction Friday. That will just be on YouTube. And then we will probably do Alien 3 you know, for better or worse, we'll give you our honest opinion on that for a first watch. And then I'll be we'll interested prob- to hear your thoughts on that one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and then we'll probably move into the DC territory a little bit to get ready for the Snyder Cut and then cover that. And then go back to our first watch. And then hopefully we get some new movies actually coming out. That would be nice. <laughs> Have you got a chance to check Shazam? Have we done Shazam? We haven't covered it, but what we have addressed because we gave our, our DCEU ranking, and okay. Shazam was really high in both yeah. of our rankings. That's the one thing. That's the Out of all the current DC movie universe, that's like the bright spot for most people. Yeah, like, Shazam, yeah. Movie. <laughs> they did that one right. Yeah. It started with casting um, a big kid as Shazam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Zachary Levi is fantastic. As soon yeah, as he got that, awesome. I was like, "Well, well, he'll awesome. know that. Like, that's just who he is." Yeah. The only thing when they announced that casting was, I was looking at like the physicality of it. It's like he's supposed to be basically the size of Superman, and Zachary Levi isn't. Yeah. But they did not give him a super bodybuilder build. They just padded the suit enough that it looked like he was ripped more than he was. Right. So and he did, did get he did get ripped he, for him. Yeah. He did get. Yeah. He did. He did a good job getting uh, bulking up. For the most part, yeah. Well, where can people find you once again online? Yes, you can find us at Force of Light Entertainment on YouTube and also all places podcasts are. We also are at Force of Light, you know, at Force of Light Entertainment on Twitter and Instagram. And uh, yeah, so definitely check us out. But thank you so much for having me on your show. It's always oh, it's a nice blast. to be on other Red 5 member uh, podcasts. So thank you so much. Absolutely. It was our pleasure. And yeah, gotta, definitely. just got to say, on that note. Give the evacuation code signal. All right, cut the chatter. Jets, I can hold it. Pull up! No, I'm all right. I have placed information vital to the survival of the rebellion into the memory systems of this R2 unit. I've lost R2. <laughs> Give yourself to the dark side. Claire here with a special announcement. 
contrary to popular belief, I didn't cancel Dr. Geek's laboratory. It fell into development purgatory thanks to MacGuffinite crystals or some such science from fiction nonsense. I put an end to that. I locked all the staff inside the laboratory for the duration of the crisis. Now they can create 24-7 without petty distractions like home lives or free will. Look for new Dr. Geek episodes coming soon. The gay dynamics last up against the wall when the robots rise. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the Tee Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. This has been a Weeby Geeks production.